All right, all right. We bless the name of the Lord that He has given us another uh, time to come and minister His word and even continue the work of dispensing this all inclusive Christ unto believers by declaring word of God, defining it and bring it in a subjective way for you to have this subjective knowledge, the full knowledge of the truth. Now, this is Pastor Dennis Matov, Freedom Experience Ministry, and this is our uh, episode, this is our episode 56, and I want us to continue from wherever we stopped. In case you are missing the previous episodes, please visit freedomexperienceministry.org. You'll find that tab, that page that has got our podcast. Also, you can even find us on other podcast platforms. But more so, you can get our application, Freedom Experience app. And this is going to be a, a great, great blessing unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. Of recent, we had talked, we have started uh, to see, we had started to see the work of God the Father in the new dispensation. And we saw that in the New Testament, God is a new administrative arrangement began by him sending John the Baptist to prepare the way for Christ and John the Baptist carried out a ministry of baptism of the repentance of sin and then he had to put right and return and even to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Then he made all the crooked places in their hearts and then revived the relationships between their fathers and uh, the sons and between them and God. That was the work of John. Then afterwards, he baptized people, buried them, and terminated the old man in them so that he might usher them into the new uh, grace that was coming and prepare them for the dispenser, Jesus Christ, who was coming in to carry on the work of dispensing God the Father to those that believe. So we saw some uh, wonderful message previously. You need to check on that devotion. That was a podcast uh, 55. And I trust God that we shall continue today with 56 as a continuation. We had talked about the second work of God that is to send his son in the likeness of the flesh of sin that he might redeem those that are under the law that we might receive the sonship. We saw that in Romans 8.3 God sent his son. He was in that likeness of the flesh of sin and concerning sin he condemned sin in the flesh and we saw that although he had the flesh of sin he did not participate in the sin of the flesh. Why? Because he was the son of God who had come to deliver us from that bondage of sin so he had to the Bible told us in uh, that was Second Corinthians 5.21 that he who knew no sin became sin for us that we may share in his righteousness. And we also saw other scriptures that uh, uh, we are talking about that. That is Hebrews 4.15. And we also end, ended the other time by seeing the type of brass serpent that was lifted by uh, Moses for the sinful Israelis. And we saw that the reality of this, that brass serpent was the very Christ that came to be hanged on the cross on the tree he was hanged for our sins, yet he had no the nature of sin, the flesh. That is where we ended the other time. Now, remember, we are continuing uh, of, on the same. The subject of Romans 8 verses 3 
is God. In other words, when you read Romans 8 verse 3, you see that God sent his own son in the likeness of the flesh of sin. God was wise. Knew that he could not send his son to be the flesh of sin. For if he had he did that, his son would have been involved with the sin. So, in his sent God, Jesus Christ in the likeness of the flesh. Didn't like we were not like the way Jesus did not come by father and mother uh like meeting together to give birth to a child because if that was the way if the father of Jesus was let us say it was Joseph then Jesus would have possessed sin within himself but he he, he was wise enough to bring him in, a, in another way in another form praise the name of Jesus so he sent he, he sent him He sent his son in the likeness of the flesh of sin and this was typified by the brass serpent lifted up by the, by Moses in the wilderness hallelujah so Christ does not have the nature of sin in him because he didn't carry the DNA of Adam God sent him only in the likeness of the flesh of sin he put on flesh he borrowed a flesh from Mary then he used that one to carry on work glory to god so god sent his son in the likeness of the flesh of sin in order to redeem us from under the law so that we might receive the sonship and this was one of the major reasons as to why he had to come galatians chapter 4:4 and verse 5 say when the fullness of the time came god sent forth his son Come of a woman and come under the law that he might redeem those under the law that we might receive the sonship it is galatians 4:4 and 5 so the fullness of time in verse 4 denotes the completion of the old testament time god waited until the old dispensation was completed then which occurred at the appointed time of the father then after the time that god had said that the old dispensation will last for this much then uh, god himself said now it has ended now let me send my son according to the fullness of time and this we have seen that paul is describing the son as the one that he came of a woman and came under the law was like the woman is of us that this is this is the 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 the, the virgin mary is the woman they are talking about that is when you read luke chapter 1 verses 27 to 35 angel visited mary and explained how this is going to happen and uh, mary believed the son of god came for her like he came uh, of her to be the seed of the woman as it was promised in Genesis 3:15 remember when you go back in Genesis you see that God had promised Adam had promised man that the seed of a woman shall bruise the head of the serpent and here the seed of the woman comes as Jesus by Mary praise the name of Jesus you see that Christ was born under the law and we see that he he lived under the law he found the law there When we read uh, Luke chapter 2 verses 21 to 24 I think I've got to read some verses for you. When you look we read Luke chapter 2 verses 21 praise the name of Jesus. The Bible says that 
And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named the angel before the uh, before she, he was conceived in the womb. And 22 says that, and when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. The Bible says, and as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. So, Jesus was the first male in the, uh, from the womb of Mary. So, he was called holy to the Lord. In other words, Mary had come to the temple to uh, like to offer this son to the Lord to belong to God as the law was stating. Praise the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that, uh, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves all two young pigeons. And these were sacrifices that were given to, uh, by a person who was poor, like who was not well off. He could at least afford to come with the two pigeons or with the two turtle doves. Praise the name of Jesus. Now you see that Jesus was under the law. He grew up under the law. He kept the law. He kept the law. And we see it is revealed in the four gospels that Jesus kept the law. He was under the law. He served under the law. He began his ministry under the law. He was so much careful uh, uh, like unto the law. But God's chosen people were shut up by that law and they were under its custody. When you go back to Galatians chapter 3 verse 23, you see that people were held captive under that law. And Jesus came, lived there and he saw everything and he had planned to see that bring them, he brings them out of that custody. The Bible has told us in Galatians 3.23 but before faith came we were kept under the law shut up unto the faith should afterwards be revealed. You see Jesus comes as faith. Just as grace came, faith also that did what? Faith also came. But before we, all the people were under the law. So Christ was born under the law in order to redeem them from its custody so that they might receive a sonship and become sons of God. Praise the name of Jesus. So according to the entire revelation of the New Testament, we see that God's plan is to produce sons. God's economy is to produce many many sons. That is his plan. And so far now we see why he created the heavens and the earth and created man. And then he is now come. He wants to enter into this man. Hallelujah. So sonship is the focal point of God's New Testament plan. God's New Testament economy is the dispensing of himself into his chosen people to make them his sons. Christ's redemption is to bring us into the sonship of God so that we may enjoy the divine life. This is why Christ died on the cross. Bring us unto the sonship of God. So, God's New Testament plan is not to make us keepers of the law. We shouldn't keep the law. He came to bring us out of that custody. This law was given only for a temporary purpose to guard us, to protect us, keep us until faith comes. 
God's New Testament economy is to make us sons of God, inheriting the blessing of God's promise, which was given for his eternal purpose. And the blessing here is the Holy Spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. So God's eternal purpose is to have many sons for his corporate expression. When I say for his corporate expression, you should know that God first expressed himself in Jesus Christ as an individual who lived here on earth for 33 and a half years. But later on, he enlarged to become the church. And the church is a corporate a corporate expression whereby uh, God is able to display himself more and more. This is part of his eternal plan. Glory to God. When you read Romans chapter 8 verse 29, you see that we were all uh, like prepared to become, to be conformed to the image of his son so that we may continue the expression. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 10 is also revealing us the same thing. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 verses 10, It says that for it became him of whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. So we see that the intention of God and the, 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 the purpose of God was to bring Christ to bring many sons unto glory. So he had to come and dispense himself into us to become a corporate expression. And he predestinated us unto sonship. And you read Ephesians chapter 1 verses 5. We were predestinated. And then he regenerated us to be his sons. That is in John chapter 1 verses 12. Whoever believes is given the authority to become a, son, a child of God. And verse 13. Praise the name of Jesus. So Galatians 4.4 says that God sent forth his son when the fullness of time had come. Praise the name of the Lord. God sent Christ at exactly the right time. Arya would have been too soon. If Jesus came in the days of Nehemiah, that would be too soon. And later would have been too late. If Jesus came in the days of the book of Acts or in uh, uh, the book of Romans, that would be too late. But the Bible says in the fullness of time. So the fullness of time was when on began the ministry and Jesus was born. That was the exact time. Praise the name of Jesus. So Christ came when the time was right. It was at the appointed time. At the fullness of time. For this reason the son's coming was full of meaning. He came at the right time. The fullness of time and it was so important. And we see that first God sent John the Baptist to prepare the way for Christ. And then he sent his son. God sent his son that we might receive the sonship. Jesus Christ carried the sonship of, of God and he extended the same sonship to all that believed. And to receive the sonship is to receive the dispensing of the divine life. When the divine life is poured into you, you become the son of God after believing. We see that the sending of both John the Baptist and of Jesus Christ were for the dispensing of the divine life into God's chosen people. Glory to God for that. Hallelujah. So, uh, what is the third work of God? We see that 
being incarnated is another work. God was busy in the New Testament incarnating himself to become man. By sending his son, God himself was incarnated. God himself came and carried out his work here on earth. God sent his son through the incarnation. And the New Testament, the way of speaking out the incarnation is to say that the word which is God became flesh. That's what John 1, 1 and verse 14 says. That means that God was manifested in the flesh. That is what even uh, Paul talks about in 1 Timothy 3.16 when he talks about the mystery of godliness. He says that God was manifested in the flesh. So it was surely a marvelous thing for God to come into man and to be born of mankind through a virgin. Glory to God. Our God became a man. In creation we see that he was the creator in creation. But through the, uh, although he created all things, he did not enter into any of the things he created. He didn't enter the dog, he didn't enter the lion, but he chose to enter into man. You see that even in creating man, he only breathed the breath of life into him. In Genesis 2-7, he breathed him what we call the breath of life. And this life was temporary. It was not going to be eternal. That's why he kept on eating from the tree of life to receive more life from God. That means that God did not enter Adam. He was still outside man. His breath, according to Job 33 verse 4, it was his breath that gave man life. You see? It was not like God was in man, but the breath of God was in man. And uh, God did not enter man. And some people think that God entered man, the spirit of God entered into man when he, he breathed into him. No, the Bible says and calls it the breath of life. Praise the name of Jesus. And Job chapter 33, the Bible says in verses 4, it says that the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. What gives life is not here, the is the breath of the Almighty. God breathed his breath into Adam and, the, and this is the same breath that is still within every mankind. Glory to God. God remained outside. Himself did not come into man on that day. Until the incarnation, he was separate from man was speaking from outside in the Old Testament, but with the incarnation, he personally entered into man. He was first conceived and then he remained in the virgin's womb for nine full months after which he was born. Then he lived here on earth and even came into other men, into other believers, into other people. This is important for us to realize it was the entire God God the Father the Son and the Spirit it was the entire God not only the Son of God who was incarnated because some of us want to believe no that was Jesus God was there okay that is an objective truth that you are talking about but God himself uh, kept on reminding us that he who has seen me has seen the Father the Father is in me uh, carrying out his work Jesus always spoke these words so the word which was God became 
flesh. It became flesh. And we need to realize that this God who was the word hallelujah who is not only a partial God it is not only a God the Son that was the word but God the Son God the Father and God the Spirit the entire God was one that became flesh the New Testament does not say that the word became uh, the word who became flesh was God the Son it says that and the word was God and the word was God and the word became flesh now that's the entire God hallelujah so the new testament says that in the beginning was the word and this word was the entire trine God the father the son and the spirit in other words to put it in simple terms God was in the form of the word from in like in eternity past but later on God found a body and he got himself into the body that's why the Bible says that the, the, all the fullness of the God dwells in Christ bodily because now they had received the body they dwell in that body of Christ but before he was living as the eternal word of God it was the entire God is the name of Jesus. The complete God that became flesh. The whole God was manifested in the flesh. Glory to God. So, we are seeing the work of God in the New Testament. And we shall proceed with this one whereby the fourth work in the New Testament was coming with the Son and working within the Son. When God came, He came with the Son and He worked within the Son. Glory to God for this. So, here we see that when God the Father sent the Son, He came with the, with, the, with the Son and worked within Him. And the Gospel of John reveals that the Father who is the source and the initiator sent the Son. When you read John chapter 5 verses 24, you see that Jesus was replying to them in chapter 5 because it took some time to explain to the Pharisees and the Sadducees it says that very very I say unto you he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life but when you jump and come to verses 30 you see that Jesus goes on to say that I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but but the will of the Father which has sent me. I will following. When you jump and come to verses 36 to 38, the Bible says, But I have greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me says in 37 and the father himself which has sent me has borne witness of me you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape in verse 38 and you have not his word abiding in you for whom he has sent him you believe not praise the name of Jesus and when you come to John chapter 13 verses 20 the bible says that 
Very, very, I say unto you, he that receives whomsoever I send receives me, and he that receives me receives him that sent me. And lastly, we have John 14, 24, that reads and say that he that loves me not uh, he that loves me not keeps not and not keeps my saying and the word which you hear is not mine he, he says but the fathers which sent me in other words he says that uh, he that loves me not keeps not my saying he that loves me not keeps not my saying in other words he who does not love me does not keep my saying the word which you hear is not mine but the word you hear is from my father who sent me now we have seen here the word is sent he was sent there are two Greek words here that are used in English for the word sent for example the word sent in Greek means uh, that to be sent with a special commission be sent with a special commission. This indicates that the father sent the son as an envoy which uh, with a special commission. Envoy here we are meaning a representative, a herald, a messenger, what we call a diplomat. Praise the name of Jesus. So he sent, he was sent as an envoy with a special commission. But we have also another revelation in the New Testament that reveals that, that reveals that the Father sent the Son and He came with the Son. This is what most of us don't know about. Because most of us, we know that He sent the Son and remained in the heaven. But there is this revelation whereby He sent the Son and He came with the Son. John chapter 17 verses 8, the Bible says that uh, 17 verse 8, I have given unto them the words which you gave me and they have received them and have known surely that I came out from you and they have believed that you say you did send me praise the name of Jesus so we see that as a rule if someone sends you to a certain place that person will remain where he is and you will go to the destinated place because that is the rule when I send my young son go and buy this at the shop I will remain home, he will go but when the father sent the son Jesus Christ, it was not like this when he sent the son the Bible says he came with the son and this is so amazing John chapter 6 verse 46 says note that anyone has seen the father except him who is from God he has seen the father now, in this note, we, see, we should see that when you, you come to some Greek translations, there is this preposition from. And here it is uh, in Greek, from uh, when you, you go and find the word from in Greek, like for example, in John Nelson's, uh, like Darby's translation, the Greek preposition here, when he was interpreting, says that he uses the word from with, from with. It doesn't end with from. The Greek word for from is meaning from with. In other words, the Lord was not only from God, but also with God. He came from God and he was with God. Where we get the word from with God. Praise the name of Jesus. So this means that while he was from God, God was still with him. That's why in many scriptures he could speak. When the son came, the father came with him. 
Like for example, John 8:16 indicates that God came with the Son. Bible says that I am not alone. <laughs> he says I am not alone, but I and the Father who sent me. You see, I am with the Father who sent me. Then in verse 29 of the same chapter, the Lord clearly said in John 8 verse 29, He who sent me is with me. Now you see, furthermore he says in John 16, 32, the Lord said, I am not alone because the Father is with me. This is something that is, you must open your eyes unto. All these verses indicate that in his work in the new dispensation, in the new testament, God came with the Son. How am I going to relate it to our day-to-day uh, like expression? I'm going to show you this. Like for example, when God is sending you, he goes with you. When he sends me, he comes with me. You see? When he sends you in America, he goes with you. He does not remain behind because he lives in you. Glory to God for that. So, this is what is in the new dispensation. God comes with us just as he sent Jesus and came with him. So, other verses reveal that God worked within the Son. Like John 14 verses 10 John 14 verses 11. They said, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words which I speak to you, I do not speak from myself, but the Father who abides in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. But if not, believe me because uh, of the works of uh, works themselves. Glory to God. That is John chapter 14 verses 10 to 11. We see that the father remained and worked in the son. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. So the father not only came with the son, but he remained and worked with him. They were working together. John 14 verses 10 and 11 tells us clearly. But when the son spoke, the father worked in him. When he, the son was healing, the father was healing in, in the very son. This is what the new dispensation is all about. God sends us and goes with us. He tells us go and heal and then he heals the people as we are like in the action of healing. So the father sent the son and the father was with the son. That is the father came with the son. Glory to God. In the divine plan of God, the father sent the son and when the son came, the father came with the son. Therefore, Acts 10.38 says, God was with him. I want to stop here. My time is up. God bless you. This is Pastor Dennis out of Freedom Experience Ministry. Be blessed until next time.